This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. And they can't fight this either. Hello, kitties. We're going to have a good time together. I don't believe you. Damn it. We are. No, this is, this is going to be good. Because this week we are talking with Eric from the Sweet Relief Foundation, yes. which... Dear listener, if you are like us, you first became aware of Sweet Relief in the mid-90s, was it? Early. Early 90s? Yeah. Yeah, I was in high school, I think. Well, I was out by 90, in 93. I was finally free in 93. So. Mm, okay, I was out in 94. So yeah, it must have been 90. So the album Sweet Relief was put together by Neil Young, who my favorite part of the story was didn't get around to recording his track, got together a bunch of his famous friends to record songs by singer songwriter, Victoria Williams to release, to help raise money after she was diagnosed with multiple, multiple sclerosis. So much was raised that she decided to start a charity to start giving this money out to other musicians. And so sweet relief since early nineties, 92? No, 93. Okay, perfect. So Sweet Relief since 1993 has been raising money and helping musicians in medical crises and just recently has expanded to everybody working in the musical field, which is kind of, you know, perfect but not perfect timing for the past year and a half. So one, we, one thing we'd like to start off, I think, by saying is that if you go to our website, rockandrollgrassschool.com, we have a tab right at the top of our webpage that will link you directly to Sweet Relief if you want to toss them a few bucks. If you want to do it in our name, you know. Okay. Certainly. No if, one's stopping you. I will tell you also, in addition to being amazing things that they do and they really do and you'd be surprised the musicians that have had to call on their support it impacts everybody but in addition to you know being able to donate in our name or your own there are some really stellar t-shirts and other swag that you can order for yourself or for us Either I mean, my music love tank top is almost already needs to be replaced because I wear it so much. And that says a lot because I don't wear anything more than like once a quarter. I do have my Sweet Relief shirt, which I do love. It's it's a nice soft fabric too, which is, it's mm -hmm. perfect. And it's understated, which you can't yeah, say that better at all. Like we're in merch. the know and doing cool things and supporting yeah. incredible causes. And even though things are starting to open up now, I feel like people have always said that the last things to come back are going to be the clubs and the smaller venues. And those are the ones where, you know, they're obviously hit the hardest, I think you could say. So these are the people needing the most help now. So if you like music, I was going to say if you like our show, but that's asking a lot. If you like music, kick a few dollars in the bucket on your way out. And I think that'd be nice for everybody. Yeah, it'd be great yeah. for everybody. 
So here's something I found a while ago that I wanted to share with you, but for obvious reasons, you will understand why I've not done that until now. I believe we have spoken to this parish on this podcast about Elvis Presley's Heaven Fun with Elvis on stage. The album that is nothing but Elvis's in-between song banter. We have spoken of Paul Stanley and Kisses, People, Let Me Get This Off My Chest, a collection of Paul Stanley in-between song banter. So when it comes to looking for positives of the past year, I would like to direct uh, everyone to a recording by someone who goes by the name Plant Weed. Okay. Who has put together an album titled, Do You Dig Older Women? <laughs> like dig it, them up from the grave? TBD. Okay. It is 90 minutes long. So it's a double album. Wow. Okay. And it is between song banter from Slayer lead singer, Tom Araya, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh taken from 24 different shows stretched out over like a three or four year period okay it i have only heard a snip of a snippet of it it has seemed to have disappeared from the internet the full 90 unfortunately that's sad however we have a few minutes that we can share here and it's it's it i mean one it makes paul stanley look like a thespian but it's there's something for everybody for some reason in this world, skinheads, short hairs, do not get along with the metalheads. There's only one kind of music in this world, and that is fast, hard. And whether you have short hair, long hair, mustache, beard, leather and jeans, suit and tie, no matter. We are all here together to fight till death. You know what? This reminds us. This reminds of us of a lot of a place back home that we have that's called Radio City in California. It's just as small, and you guys are just as fucking crazy. Do you enjoy metal so much in Holland? You know, together. We are here as one, right? We are all one. All united for one cause and the power of heavy metal. Power metal. Speed metal. Black metal. We are all here to fight till death. Are you guys feeling wicked? You feel it nasty? Are you evil? Let me hear you say evil! Evil! You are correct when you say, do you dig older women? See, originally it's presented as a question where you're thinking, oh, he's talking about older fans of Slayer. Uh. But Tom, being that wily rascal that he is, is not talking about 
older women who might be into Slayer. <laughs> he is talking about digging up bodies and, you know, having a I got that in one. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, God. no, you didn't even you didn't e- even need the three notes to guess that one. You just named it right off the top. So I guess congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the little victories. Bit by a copperhead snake in the woods behind the house. And nobody was home, so I grabbed her foot and sucked that poison out. Sister got better in a month or so when the swelling it went down. But I started off my teenage years with a poison. I, I hope most people know the history of Sweet Relief, but you guys have been going for 20 plus years. That is correct. In, I'll do the little origin story, the, uh, the quick origin story. We were founded in 1993. Uh, Victoria Williams, a singer-songwriter, very talented lady, very generous lady, was on tour with Neil Young when she began suffering from symptoms of what turned out to be um, MS. She was diagnosed with MS. And uh, she had a lot of friends who got together and made an album for her. Pretty fancy friends, as it turns out. Uh, Lou Reed was on the album. Um, you know, Pearl Jam, it was just an incredible lineup. And the album brought in uh, enough money to cover her medical bills, which were enormous. Uh, and, and, and then some. Um, you know, so Vic decided to take that extra money and start a fund that she called Sweet Relief Musicians Fund uh, to help other musicians who didn't have such fancy friends and, and maybe couldn't afford these, you know, overwhelming medical bills. So, uh, yeah, she started the fund back then. It was going strong for quite some time and uh, helping a lot of folks. Um, career musicians, specifically the mission statement up until just a few years ago was provide financial assistance to career musicians. Um, and we, we career musicians who are struggling financially to make ends meet due to illness, disability, or age-related problems. Uh, we opened it up, we added onto the career musicians, um, music industry professionals, because we just found ourselves getting so many applications from other people in the industry who are also you know, vulnerable populations. Uh, like musicians. So, you know, we opened the fund up a little bit and, uh, you know, I'm glad we did. We were able to connect with a lot of different sectors of the industry that, you know, we hadn't really focused on before. And it, uh, it's, it's been really worthwhile. Um, so that has been, you know, that's been our mission. I came on board. Uh, I've been with the charity about 10 years. Um, Bill Bennett took it over in 2008 with uh, Rob Max, who's a, a personal friend of mine. And, um, I started out as a volunteer, I guess I maybe about 11 years. I started out as a volunteer, just, you know, hanging around the office and, um, you know, listening to the music with the guys. And uh, I taught myself how to, um, you know, research potential grants and just try to help out any way I could. I, you know, my, I have a writing background. And uh, so I was trying to put that to good use. And eventually we started um, kind of putting some ideas together and, and ending up 
kind of creating a position for me and uh you know it was uh the rest is history I've, I've been i feel really fortunate to have been doing this for this long um so yeah that's that's kind of a quick mm-hmm. quick history there and how many can is there a ballpark of how many musicians you're able to help in a year well 2020 was not a typical year for us uh, i'll Very tell true. you that um we helped thousands of musicians last year and um we had about a 1400 percent increase in the amount of applications we received wow. uh and you know uh, luckily we received a lot more funding last year as well so we had uh you know concurrently an increase in the amount of money we were able to give out. I, you know, I hate to say it this way, but in terms of mission fulfillment, 2020 was a, probably the best year, certainly the best year since I've been at the charity. Um, of course, for a devastating reason. Uh, you know, it, it's shit. It, if I had to look at it and pick some good things to talk about when it came comes to the last, you know, 14 months or, or 13 months, it's it's really shined a light on the vulnerability of this population. And it's not just musicians, it's, it's industry-wide. It's, it's even, you know, you, we watch the shattering of these giant powerhouse agencies and these agents who, you know, book the shows, all the crew guys who wear black and make the shows happen, uh, who make great a great living uh, in, in, in the entertainment business. And now zero, down to zero. They're not doing live streams uh, on their Facebook pages and trying and earning anything. So it's it's uh, really horrific to see the the applications coming in. Like we don't know what to do. You know, we're about to lose our house and lives destroyed. It's it's still and it's still like it really is an emergency situation um, for our entire industry. And uh, you know, there there are some some glimpses of hope, uh, but it's it's pretty heartbreaking, you guys, to see uh, to to see the steady influx of applications just in the course of. I don't know, the six and a half minutes we've been talking, I've probably gotten three applications for assistance in my inbox. And, uh, so, also, you know, we're doing all we can. Well, it also, I think, has been a time, too, that reminded everyone of how valuable the industry is to the population, too. I think in recent years, everyone kind of gets into like, oh, I can just download, I can stream. And you forget the, that live performance, no matter how big or how small how it just that energy just doesn't exist in a in a life. Everyone's doing the best they can and it's a band-aid. We'll, we'll take it like but it's just the importance of the industry too. And so if everyone if the people in the industry are suffering, how are they ever going to be able to get back even when they can get back, you know? No, that's a good point and that speaks to the the long-term effects of 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 this. You know, I talk to artists all the time and there was one in particular who I talked to his wife and his wife said he's been walking around in this depression, you know, they have children and, and this is a successful band member. Um, and it's been very difficult for him to get any treatment and the treatment he does get doesn't seem to help that much, she said, but the one thing that turned it around, he was able to go to a band practice and they arranged some socially distanced band practice, but they could see each other and they could hear each other and they could play together. And she said from that one practice, he came back, he was like a changed man. And that's that. how important it is to these artists and to to us. You know, I, right. I, I can't wait to get back to see a show and, and, and get, be pressed up against people and all sharing this experience. <laughs> and there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And, uh, 
you know, it's again, we're going to be the last ones to get back. And, and, and I, I really hope just mental health wise, uh, people can, can figure out how to recover all the way because, you know, it's been, it's been uh, horrific, really. Yeah. And I think to both your point and what Heidi just said, I think it, for everybody sort of showcases, we've had 12 months without live music and how much that is, how much everybody misses that and how much everybody, and I'm sure part of your increase in donations has got to come from people saying, well, I just, I miss going to a show. I miss, I miss hearing these people live. And I'm, uh, I would assume that that sort of longing gets translated into people wanting to help. And one of the reasons we reached out to you guys was to see who we could talk to to help kind of spread the word and, and hopefully get some folks to kick in a few bucks to, to help you guys. Cause you get, you've, have you changed your mission statement in the last year or expanded your kind of parameters for, for helping people? You know, like you say, crew and stuff as well now. Yeah. Uh, so our general mission statement is the same. Um, we did, what we did do is we started our COVID-19 fund, which has slightly altered criteria. The, you don't have to have a medical percent of all the funds that come in through the COVID-19 fund go right back out. This is, we're considering mm. this an, an emergency situation. Our overhead is covered by uh, funds raised through our other funds and all of this stuff is going right back out. So uh, donors can be assured that their money gets to the right place. And, you know, like I said, we've been around for 26 years now, uh, 27 years, and uh, we have a really good reputation in the industry. People know that we, our only mission is really to get funds that come into the hands of the people who need it. And we're really good at it. And uh, we were able to sort of scale up our operations to meet the need this past year. Most of the money donated last year came in through our COVID-19 fund. And as you said, Luke, I think that was uh, exactly the process um, from those types of donors, from the general public, where they maybe said to themselves, man, I really miss going to live shows. I'm like, wow, I guess, what are those people doing? You know, spilling beer on themselves. Shows. Yeah. Yeah. And they <laughs> yeah. sort of self-realized, they came to the, the understanding themselves that this industry must be really hurting. And then, you know, they turned and donated to Sweet Relief so that, so that they could try to help and affect some change. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good to see the amount of support we've been getting from the public at large. Do you have any good news with everything going on? A apart from the fact that donations are up, is there any sort of... <laughs> I mean, no one knows if there's a light at the end of the tunnel right now. And like you said, yeah. clubs and music is going to be the, one of the last things to really get back to normal. But is there any sort of a little uptick or something of yeah, it's, it's looking there lighter? There is. I talked to a lot of bands and managers and agents on, and, and everyone's, uh, you know, they're booking shows. Um, they're booking shows for the summer. They're booking shows for the fall. And, uh, you know, I'm personally going to get vaccinated. I think, and hopefully, in about two weeks, I'll be eligible. And uh, you know, there's nothing special about me. So uh, I think that um, the the increase in vaccinations and the public trust that's increasing as people are safely experiencing the vaccination process, uh, yeah, it's all going to lead to a greater willingness to um, be together. You know, and uh, and exchange sweat and um and sneezes and germs and you know yeah all that good stuff we all, all the things that make music great <laughs> everything, yeah <laughs> everything we love 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think there, there's a lot of hope. And, you know, I, I, the, the landscape has changed. Um, I think that touring won't be what it once was. It's going to be a little different now. It's going to be, you know, there'll be a live stream component to tours. And, and there's going to be, I think, a, which will lead to maybe an increased connection for a lot of artists. So more opportunity for artists to reach bigger audiences than ever. Um, and it's all still, it's kind of still the wild west as to how it's all gonna uh, really crystallize and what form it's gonna take and uh, which one's gonna win. You know, it's like, I don't know if you read Bob Lepsitz, he's always talking about how there's there's like one winner, there's, you know, Netflix or Google does search and, and you know, eventually I think it's gonna end up like that will be the, the one you know, Live Nation and AEG will choose the way forward for all of us and, and that'll be the way it's going to go. But, you know, again, maybe I'm completely wrong. There's a lot of these little indie streamers who are, who are doing a great job giving artists opportunities to ticket their own shows and to handle that whole ecosystem, to sell merch uh, during the show and to have all kind of pop-ups um, for different kind of monetization strategies. And I think that's terrific. And we've been really supportive and, and they've reached out to us to support us and, uh, I love that. The more the merrier when it comes to that. But again, I think that it'll eventually all sort of come together as as one, if you will. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's 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 exciting. So maybe there's the good news. Is it's really exciting to watch mm -hmm. how this new industry takes shape. Uh, I'm excited by it. How how do people get involved? How would I get involved? I'm in Detroit. Is the best way to get involved just to to make a donation? Are there, is there particular things that you're pushing right now that are things that you, you're looking for people to get behind? What's the best way for us to really support everything you're doing? If you're able, the best way to support Sweet Relief is to set a donation. We we're one of those organizations where we pay for stuff, you know, um, there are others like, you know, other great organizations like Headcount, you know, they want awareness and they want people to, you know, understand that they need to go vote. There's a call to action. For us, we're paying for stuff. We're sending people money. So helping support in that way, if people are able, is, is the best way to do so. And it doesn't necessarily have to be mailing us a check. It could be buying merch from our site. It could be attending one of our events that we, you know, if you check out our events page and sign up for our newsletter, you'll always be notified about different ways that you can, uh, you can support. And, um, you know, either have a great experience or a cool shirt or uh, uh, all something the like above. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the above. You know, sharing our social media posts is even like, listen, if you don't have any, like a lot of people are struggling, just kind of spreading the word that we're here and we're helping. Uh, and that can help in, in multiple ways. It can help musicians who need help learn where to get help. And it can help people who can afford to support us financially find out about us and, and, and you know, get to love our mission. If we were to reconvene five years from now and be chatting again, where where would Sweet Relief be then? What would have happened or what would you have accomplished for musicians over the those five years, ideally? You know, ideally, ideally we would have to have pivoted by then because our healthcare system is taking care of its citizens and nobody is going bankrupt because of medical bills, which is the leading cause of bankruptcy in this country. So uh, uh, I, I, I would hope that, you know, what, you know what Sweet Relief does now is, is we uh, maybe guide musicians and inform them about how to take advantage of, you know, sound financials, uh, about how to, 
you know, put out your own music without having to, you know, incorporate outside entities that are, you know, maybe don't have your best interests at heart. Yeah, some kind of a coaching uh, scenario where where our our existence is still based on helping the music community in some way, but it's not so much we're gonna we're gonna have to buy your way out of this hole that you've dug or that has been dug for you, uh, really. Um, and it's always for us pre-COVID based on uh, medical stuff. Sure. So uh, yeah, I, I would hope that we've had to somehow change our mission because it's not as vital as it once was, or you know, ideally, really you know, irrelevant. For more information on Sweet Relief or to donate, go to their website, sweetrelief.org. You can check us out on all the various socials, be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com and don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together.